You're listening to the Second Breaks Podcast. This is episode number 67. Coming up on the show, we are talking about creative and playful ways to brainstorming and problem solving. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Second Breaks Podcast, a weekly show where we explore all the ways that you can make a move in today's world. It means so much to me, seriously, that you tune in every week. I so appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And if this is the first time that you're discovering the Second Breaks Podcast, welcome. Just a brief introduction. My name is Lou Blazer, your host. I am a career pivot mentor a second breaker myself, and I am thrilled that I get to be a part of your day for a few minutes every week. On the show today, I am welcoming back my friend and creative instigator, Melissa Dinwiddie. You may have heard her in a previous episode all the way back to episode number six. She was actually one of my earliest guests on the show before I knew what I was doing here, and I am so, so glad that she's back to talk about her latest project, which is really an evolution of her work and the next level in her already extensive body of work. In this conversation, Melissa shares innovative and creative ways to do problem solving, brainstorming, team building, and strategic planning, all the things that are important to us, using something that we've all grown up with. Legos, my friend, Legos, seriously, you're going to want to hear this. We also talk about a way to fight perfectionist tendencies, how to be open to exploring options instead of shutting everything out at the get-go, and how to proceed with your idea even when you're overcome with dread. Uh, Hello? Before I transition to my chat with Melissa, I just wanted to let you know about a new guide that I've put together called the Career Pivot Guide, which the title is probably self-explanatory. The Career Pivot Guide will help you plan your next steps in your career. In it, I outline five strategies that work in today's fast-changing world so that you can plan your career move and take action knowing that you've covered the basis. You can download the Career Pivot Guide when you go to the show notes, which for this episode is secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 67. Okie dokie, let's switch now to my conversation with Melissa. Hello, Melissa. Welcome back to Second Breaks. I'm so glad you're back. Well, thanks for having me, Lou. It's great to be back. I wanted to have you back on the show because I know that you're doing something innovative. I believe that, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that you work with corporate folks and work on issues or challenges like team development or leadership development or strategic, you know, working on their strategic goals. But you use a particular, a very uh, innovative or unusual approach to attacking these, these issues or these challenges. Would you mind telling us a little bit about the process? I Yes, Absolutely. I use a a number of different methodologies, uh, including applied improvisation and Lego serious play. Lego as in Lego blocks games? That's right. As in the plastic bricks that you might have played with when you were a child. (laughs) And 
The Lego series play is one that mm, a lot of people have not heard of. It was actually developed by the Lego Systems Group in Denmark back mm-hmm. in the late 90s. And it's a methodology that has been used by big companies like Procter and Gamble and nonprofits like the United Way and institutions like the United Nations. Smart organizations all over the world have used this methodology as a creative and innovative method for strategy and product and brand or team development. And it is fun and it gets results. It's really powerful, which is why I was attracted to it when I first discovered it a year ago, actually, at a conference in back in Buffalo, New York. So the, how it works is a facilitator poses a, a question or a challenge, and everybody around the table builds their answer to that question or challenge using Lego bricks. So the question isn't what to do that direct, has nothing to do with the blocks themselves? Right. Right. It might be, it could be anything like build your idea of, uh, or build a component of a high functioning team. For example, what is one thing that makes up a high functioning team, which might be, we, everybody has each other's back, for example. And so if that's what pops to your mind, you would build a model that represents to you what that looks like to have each other's back. Everybody's building. Separately or as? Everybody individually is building uh, their own little model. And maybe two minutes, two or three minutes, it depends. But the facilitator sets, that would be me, sets the time. And I always have some kind of music playing during the building time period. mm -hmm. And then once that time is up, and I let people know, okay, you have 20 more seconds, you know, you have a minute left or whatever, and finishing touches, everybody finish up your, your model. And then everybody finishes their model. And then everybody around the table has an opportunity to share their story, hold up their model and point to it and share their story about their model. Well, I built this is we everybody has each other's backs. And you can see that this little mini figure is hold propping up this other little mini figure. And this represents we have each other's backs. I gotcha. And so I imagine somebody else might have a different answer to the same question. Exactly. And so what's one of the things that's really wonderful about this methodology is that it taps into different parts of our brains. So we're so trained from, you know, kindergarten, first grade, we're trained in reading and writing, right? We're trained in this verbal, you know, verbal parts of our brain are getting intense workouts Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from the times that from when we're really, really little, but we are actually walking, talking, visual processing machines (laughs) and our visual processing centers don't get a lot of workouts from the time really little. In fact, they get shut down really early. We're told, you know, most of us are told you don't get to be an artist. You know, we, we, these are the artists over there, but you don't get to be an artist Mm -hmm. and playing with the Lego Lego is one of the things that's really wonderful about Lego is you don't have to worry about the ways that you might've gotten slammed for being an artist as a child, because you don't have to worry about knowing how to draw or anything like that. You just have to take some Lego bricks and snap them together. And 
the Lego is a metaphor. And so your hands are like the search engine for your brain. And you just let start snapping bricks together. And as you're snapping bricks together, you don't necessarily even know the answer to the question. You don't have to know the answer to the question. In fact, I often tell people, don't have a meeting with yourself. Just start snapping bricks together because your hands will know. Your hands will figure out the answer to the question as you are building your brain is starting to fire off insights because the, the parts of your brain that are not your verbal processing center, the parts of the other parts of your brain, I don't know, the right side of your brain or whatever it is, but that those parts of your brain are starting to fire and getting activated and insights are just going nuts. So this methodology is phenomenal for creativity creative problem solving, innovation. It's amazing for that. I can totally see it. I, I've been in too many meetings where, you know, you're facing a whiteboard or, you yes. know, a flip chart and, you know, and it's all it, yeah. And somebody says, you know, how are we going to tackle this problem or our strategy? We're going to, we're here together to get together to, to form our strategy. And immediately, you know, you start thinking a different way and, and I could see how by using our hands and, and, and asking the same question, but using our hands that the other sides of the other parts of my brain is going to, you know, is, is going to get a workout basically. And it's, gonna, yeah. it's really amazing. It's amazing for brainstorming. It activates visual, auditory, kinesthetic modes of expression. It engages emotions, which taps into the memory center and as I said, it helps the participants access more of their brain power. And, you know, who wouldn't want your team members to access more of their brains? You know, when I first heard you talk about, uh, is it Lego, Lego, Seri Lego Serious Play? Serious yeah, play. it's actually, it's Lego Registered Trademark, Serious Play Registered Trademark. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, when I first heard you mention that a few, a few months ago, I had a total, I totally had a different sort of, uh, I, it was a misconception on my part. I thought it was the team of people coming together to build one thing. Well, there is, there are different sort of levels that happen or that can happen in a workshop. And there are group models that, that can happen as well. Mm. So we might, for example, I just, I did a, a day long team development workshop where we did a, a group model so first, and we did, we started or at a certain point in the workshop, we did that exact question, which was what, what are some elements of a high functioning team? And so everybody built small models of what went into a high functioning team. And once we did a couple of rounds of that, then I put a big base plate in the center of the table. And as a team, everybody decided together which of the models, those elements of a high functioning team, they wanted to put onto that base plate to form their ideal vision for their team. And that was a lean in process. Uh -huh. So they, as a team, I stood back and let them take over. And together they decided which, so there was du duplications, right? So maybe two or three people had made a model for 
whatever it was, we have each other's back or mm-hmm. something like that. And so they had they had to decide, do all three of those models go on the base plate or do they get combined or do some get left out? They had to decide together. And then they ultimately end up with a, a single group model that that is their vision. And then one person tells the quote unquote super story of their ideal vision of their ideal high functioning team by pointing to one at a time, the little models on that base plate and one at a time pointing to those models and saying, we have each other's back and we, you know, have lunches together and we, whatever, whatever each of the models say, the models contain the memory. And I would imagine that along those lines, it, it, it means more to them instead of like if we had just circulated, you know, a, a bunch of words that were exactly. editing back and forth in an email or like in a meeting to put together. Right. And so it has it, more, it's, yeah. it has so much more meaning. They're colorful and they're three dimensional and they they they're metaphors that they have built individually and together to create this three-dimensional model that is representative as a group. And, you know, they have together had to make decisions about where each of those models fit on the base plate and why they go there. Well, this model goes here because it, it goes next to this other model for this particular reason. Everything has meaning and they together have to decide, make all those decisions, which in in and of itself is a group process, right? So, it's a really powerful, powerful exercise. Now, you uh, you mentioned something else earlier, which I have never I have never been in a Lego serious play workshop. I've been to uh, an improv workshop many years ago, but you also mentioned it. Can you talk a little bit about the uh, you know what we can gain out of an improv sort of experience? Yeah. So I also have a podcast, and I I interviewed Cat Coppet for my podcast several months ago. Kat is an applied improvise improviser and she has a consultancy called Coppet. And she is also the co-author of a book called Training to Imagine by Kat Coppet and Joel Goodman. It was one of the it was actually, I believe, the first book written, I think, in the 90s that compiled tons and tons of improv exercises improv activities. And it was really created for people working in companies Mm -hmm. to use with their teams. So it's a fantastic book. I highly recommend it. And one of the things that's so great about it is it has two or three indexes or appendices at the back where you can look up activities according to whether this is a good icebreaker or a good Mm. thing for uh, various different purposes and it's just filled with activities and cat calls improv the gym for life Interesting. you know how you go to a gym for you know to strengthen your body right to to you know build up your muscles for you know for f- your physical body improv does that for living life because everything that you do in life is really improv. 
we don't have a script. Like right now you and I are having a conversation and we don't have a script. Right. Exactly. I don't know what I'm going to say. You don't know what you are going to say. We don't know what's going to happen Exactly. in business, at the grocery store, when my husband comes home, when my cat walks in, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. It's all uncertain. And that is exactly what improv is. You, we are flexing muscles for dealing with that, dealing with life, because life is live. And improv trains us for that. I remember, I remember we had this, the, the improv experience that I had was part of a longer uh, leadership development program. And uh, I remember one of the exercises that we had, and I think this is a fairly common one, you probably use this too, is that um, someone would say something and you would say, thank you. And, um, you know, and then you add to it. And then the next person would say, you would receive that and say, right. thank you. And, you know, that kind of stuff. And we use that as a way to look at quote unquote problems or challenges differently. Um, because it's true the moment you sort of um, switch your, your brain to thinking and, and you just, you know, uh, uh, add to the story or add it. It's as opposed to saying, but, or, oh no, right. you know, the, the usual sort of reaction that we have when a, a problem ha arises or a challenge arises and, and you assume this, we have to solve this problem sort of, uh, you know, mentality. It's very different from, uh, just going into a conversation and saying, ah, thank you. And, and it, it's also, it sort yeah. of opens up a whole load of other possibilities. Absolutely. It's a, that is a, a principle in improv. The shorthand is yes. And, uh -huh. and what that really means, it doesn't literally mean that you say yes to everything. What it means is that you accept an offer. An offer in improv means whatever your partner, your scene, whatever's happening around you, you accept the reality in the in the context of a scene, an improv scene that's happening. So if somebody walks on stage and says, gee, it's really cold here in Chicago, you don't say, it's not Chicago, it's Hawaii and it's really hot because the scene is basically over at that point. Or right. you, you just you've denied the reality of what just happened, right? You've denied the reality of the world that this other person has created with that offer. Instead, you say, you, you add to that offer, you accept the reality of the offer that they just made and you add to it in some way by maybe you say, yes, and I really like that puffy parka you're wearing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now instead of saying, I'm not wearing a parka, this isn't a parka. They would say, oh, thank you so much. Uh, I really liked this, the plaid in the catalog when I, when I ordered it, you know, I love the pink color or something like that. You know, they, they somehow, they accept the reality of the offer of the world that is, that is there, that has been created. And now an offer can be anything. Maybe somebody has just coughed in the audience. The whole audience just heard that cough. So in a normal play, a scripted play, the actors would ignore the cough. But in an improvised play, the actors might say, what was that? I just heard that. Somebody's hiding. Ah! Somebody's hiding in the basement. Let's go check. 
you know, they would accept the reality that there was a sound and the whole audience heard it. So let's build on that offer. So that's the con that's the principle of yes. And it doesn't mean that you say yes, you know, like, like here's an example. So there might be a scene in which somebody is playing a robber, a thief with a, with a gun, like I, and they're holding you up, stick them up, give me your wallet. Mm -hmm. So somebody who takes the, the principle of yes. And too literally might say, okay, here's my wallet. They're saying yes to, to that um, demand to give a wallet. You don't actually have to say literally yes. You might say, I'm not going to give you my wallet. It's all, this is all the money I have. Right. But you're, you're not denying the reality that there's somebody who's holding you up with a gun in the scene. So that's the principle of, of yes and. And the one of the early activities as a if you're taking an improv class would be to, to have the the students sitting around a pretend table in chairs planning a party and the first time they do it you would have them say the first person would say uh let's you know make an offer let's have balloons and everybody else the response has to be yes but <laughs> Yes, but I'd rather have cake. And then the next person would say, yes, but I, however they want, but every response has to start with yes, but, and then they do the same game a second time with yes. And, and then they compare what's the difference. And you realize that yes, but is exactly the same as no. Oh, Huh. It's just a different way of saying no. No, exactly. Whereas yes and, it's it's a lot more fun to play yes and. It gets totally crazy and wild when people's parties end up being like out of control, right? But it's a lot more fun to play that way because you're just building on everybody's offers. Yeah. Now, in a, in a business setting, you're not always going to be able to say yes to everything. But if you keep that principle in mind, it helps you think about, is there a way that I can accept the reality of what's in front of me instead of shooting everything down? Yeah, totally. I get that. Shifting gears for a second, because I, I saw, I, I was talking to you about this earlier. I saw one of your Instagram live stories, I think we call it now, <laughs> where, yeah. where you were, uh, um, and for the listeners, seriously, you have to follow Melissa on Instagram, and I'll ask her what her Instagram um, account is just now. But you were doing one of those live stories where you were talking about how when we address the blank page, you were do you were going you were going to do your doodles your daily doodles I think, and, yeah. Um, but there is something significant I thought when you said you know sometimes we freeze when we are facing a blank page because you know it's like oh my god where do I begin and and right. you said something along the lines and I'm gonna paraphrase so please correct me and you just you said something like just interact with the page just start anywhere do anything because the moment you put something on the page then you have something that you're reacting to or that you are responding to or interacting with and i thought that that was 
a great metaphor that has so many applications in real life because in so many ways we get stuck because and we're just frozen and we're not doing anything because we're scared. totally like where do i begin or like the, the the equivalent of a blank page absolutely yeah i always start this way with whenever i do a live stream of my doodling i start by saying how do we deal with fear of the blank page we make it unblank. And my, I have uh, my book, The Creative Sandbox Way, is based around my 10 guideposts. And guidepost number five is just start anywhere. And this is so true because, you know, the hardest part is starting. And so this is the guidepost that I, this is the guidepost that I, that I turn to most frequently whenever I'm trying to write a blog post or send an email to my mailing list or start a new piece of art or whatever it is, design a new workshop for my consultancy or whatever, just start. <laughs> because it is, it is that fear of the blank page metaphorically or literally that, that hangs us up. And, you know, we're so afraid of making crap, right? But yeah. the thing is we need the crap to fertilize the good stuff. And the the first thing that you create might very well be crap, but that's going to fertilize the good stuff that's going to come later. So with my doodles, I have an improvisational doodle practice and I literally just make a mark. It doesn't matter what that mark is. It can be a dot. It can be a scribble. It can be a line. It can be, it doesn't matter because now I have something to respond to. And it's just like that, that offer, like I was telling about in an improv scene or a class or whatever. Now I have, there's something to respond to. There's the reality of the world that is. Yes. And now I can respond to the reality of the world that is and react to it. And I, it doesn't matter if I like it or if I hate it, I can just respond to what's there. And now there's something new there and I can respond to that and so on and so on and so on. And that's that's my doodle practice in a nutshell. That's great. And I think, like I said, it has so many applications because I mean, I, I for example, I, I face this all the time. I, I catch myself now, so I try to correct myself. But sometimes I stay in my head because I'm thinking, I'm thinking about it, right? Instead of actually just trying something or doing something, right? Because I'm thinking about it and with the hope of, perfecting the idea before I actually start right. working on it, whatever it is, right? Which, it, and in the end, I just get, I just freeze, basically. It's just in that state of in my head. Yeah, I do it all the time, too. And that's, that is exactly why I have this doodle practice and why I call myself an intentional imperfectionist is to try and combat that exact problem because I, I suffer from that problem. <laughs> well, tell us where to find you on Instagram, Melissa. I love oh, my your account. <laughs> Thank you. My Instagram account is a underscore creative underscore life. Okay, and I'm going to put that on the show notes. And is that the best place to follow you or where can we follow you or find you? Well, you can find me at melissadinwitty.com, which is kind of hard to spell. You can also get there directly by going to livingacreativelife.com. That will just redirect 
to melissadinwitty.com. And my consultancy website is creativesandbox.solutions. Perfect. All right. Well, I have to invite you again because I love these creative conversations, Melissa. And I know for a fact that, uh, you know, when you work your nine to six these days or eight to fives um, or eight to ten for some people, it can get really drabby and dull. And so we always need to have these creative conversations to encourage that parts of ourselves that don't get used a lot during the day. So thank you so much. We have to come back. Oh, thank you, Lou. I'll come back anytime. This is always a delight. So that's what I have for you for today's episode, my friend. I hope you found this useful. As always, I would love to hear from you. Send me a note or a direct message and let me know what you were doing while listening to the show. And of course, anything else that you might want to ask or share with me via email, lou at secondbreaks.com or direct message on Instagram. And on Instagram, you can find me at secondbreaks. And my friend, if you're not subscribed yet, this is a good time to hit that subscribe button so you don't ever have to miss any of the future episodes because there is a new one every Thursday to help you make that move that will lead you to the career that you want that supports the life you want to live. One more time, the show notes where you'll find out more about Melissa Dinwiddie and the link to the career pivot guide is secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 67. That is a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and being with me for a few minutes today. I cannot wait to be with you again next week. In the meanwhile, keep on making your day, my friend. Cool be.